Well everyone, what's the crack? And welcome back to episode number 15 of the Inline G Flute Podcast with me, your host, motherfucking Inline G. As the video watchers can see, we are not in the Inline G Podcast Studio. We are taking this podcast on the road for the very first time. I am in beautiful, sunny Belfast, sunny of all things to record some interviews with some very special guests. So this week's episode and next week's episode and hopefully the episode after will be guests. The episode you're about to watch, number 15, is with my good friend Zach Triton. My best friend, probably my best friend. You'll be tuning into that in just a few seconds but before we do that I wanted to get some housekeeping out of the way so you can have an uninterrupted experience with Zach and I. So this episode is recorded from the Sunflower Bar a gorgeous bar in Belfast City Centre, as you can see from the background here. It's one of my favourite pubs. It is a fucking pleasure to be able to record here. I've been drinking in this bar for many years, and the recorded podcast up here is a pleasure. It's an absolute delight, and I'm so happy to be able to do it. We have two guests from here, so Zach will be up now, and then next week we'll have someone else, which you'll find about soon. Uh, in this episode of Zach, we're going to be talking about our experiences together as musicians, the groups we had together and of course Zach's band at the minute. Zach sings with a very, very what? A very perfect, that's probably the best word, a very perfect folk trio called True from Belfast. They've just released their second album and yeah, I thought it'd be great fun to get Zach on the podcast. He's probably the best musician I've ever met in my life and I really don't exaggerate that. He's a wonderful musician, he's a wonderful lad. We had a couple of pints and chatted about things. So I'm going to play that for you guys now. Before I do, the last thing to remind you about is if you want to donate to the Inline G Food Podcast, you can do that now. This podcast is free. This podcast will always be free. You will not get more content for signing up to a Patreon or any shit like that. It's always free. But if you would like to contribute to the podcast to help keep the lights on, lights on around this place, well, not this place, but yeah, you know, or to help towards costs, um, you can do so. There is a link in the bio here. There's also a link on my Instagram bio, etc., etc. You can find it. You can donate a couple of quid. I would recommend whatever the price of a Dr. Pepper or a pint costs in your country, send that over to me. If you send that once a month maximum, it's hugely appreciated and lets me make a bit of money off this podcast so I can dedicate more time and more effort into it. So anyway, I'm going to leave you guys now. Enjoy this episode with the one and only Zach Dryden. So, what are you drinking? Rattler. The sun's out in Belfast, so it's time. Hey, you're gigging tonight as well, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Are we allowed to talk about your gig, or is that a secret gig? No, we can't tell people what it is. It'll well, be done by the time this goes out. It's one of have we've decided to sell out. We're, we're playing pure corporate. Pure corporate. Well, by the time this comes out, you'll have done the gig anyway, because mm-hmm. it's tomorrow this comes out, so... Yeah, so it's one of those corporate ones where it's just... just take the cash the and run. run. Yeah. And, uh, hotel room and all that sort of crack and I know you were saying about getting ten minutes away but yeah uh, <laughs> getting put up in a hotel room and you live five minutes around the corner <laughs> what a but, life man uh, I've never got a hotel room out of a gig I don't think what you're in the wrong classical music man there's no money in that <laughs> we're very poor you need to folk. have you I got a I don't think I've ever signed a hotel because of a gig I got booked a hotel to do a gig uh-huh. and lost all the money that I got paid <laughs> <laughs> but I've never fucking I don't think I've ever got oh, that'd be nice uh, it's good. It's good when it happens. It yeah, I can imagine. Happen, right, let's good. get our notes up here. This is the most. This is the most unorganized of my series of podcasts today. I've got three guests on, and uh, this one we're, we're kind of winging. This one we should know because we know each other pretty well at this mm-hmm. point. How long? We're not twenty-five. Quarter century. Quarter century. Get our anniversary soon. Is it? It'd be a bit longer, wouldn't it? No, because we knew each other when he starts going. Five. P two. I came in. Was that five? Five. Oh, or you six? came in a P two. You were out in America, sure. First, weren't you? Born in America, but then. I'm Born in Boston, then moved to Bal- Balmina. <laughs> Sounds like a Super Patrol song. <laughs> and I, was, I, was, I was thinking I've only ever lived in places to begin with B. Uh, Boston, Balmina. Lisburn. Well, Balmina. <laughs> oh yeah, true, Balmina. Belfast. True, yeah. Except for Cardiff. So what's next? Uh, Bahamas. Bahamas. There's a geography podcast now as well. <laughs> He's got everything in this. So yeah, we've known each other 25 years, we'll say, quarter of a century. Uh, Zach and I, we went to school together, went to Balakarik Manny, the other B. Get that one in there, Ballycock Money Primary School. Uh-huh. Uh, went to high school together by oh, chance because yep. we both got A's and we're 11 plus, so we went to high school together. Oh, really? yeah. Sixth year together, we studied music. We both went to Cardiff together for our undergrad, studied music together, lived together there. And now, we're well, in B for Belfast, and I've been 
Kay for Cologne. <laughs> well, Kay for Cologne, for Cologne. <laughs> yeah, this is the second episode today and I've had a few points already. God help the we got us all after this. Fuck. That episode will be coming out so you can look forward to that one. So yeah, we've only each other 25 years. We've always done music together as well. Yeah, music's always been... Were we doing music in primary school together? It's just... I remember oh. being in... Uh... Do you ever play at Assembly? Was it a recorder? I played recorder flute. Stuff. I played... Uh... These are my favourite things. You know, these are a few of my favourite things. I think I remember that. With no, the actually, dog bites. Do you remember singing that school as well? Yeah, in the choir. I think, yeah, first sort of music was uh, choir in primary school, but I didn't really get into music until I it's actually remember. It. That's what it was. Do you know the, what? The summer after, so summer after P7. Well, I'll tell you even better, I know. My brother was celebrating it. Scooter Rock came out 20 years ago last weekend. There you go. Our last Saturday. Yeah, so 20 year anniversary. So we are. 20 years of Scooter Rock came out. And I remember that summer. I think it was pretty, pretty sure it was the summer after P7. So on the big boy school after, my whole life ahead of me, and Scooter Rock came out. And that was it. And you got cool. Well, it was, it was just out before the, the DVD was out, and I got the DVD. And I remember I watched the DVD every day <laughs> but uh, not the not the full movie every day well sometimes but I would fast forward all the bits all the class what was your favourite bit you know when he's writing so my dad had a guitar sitting around so yeah. that's when I started picking up a guitar but that scene oh there's so many great ones the scene where he's writing um, it's like a montage and oh and what's uh, the song in the background of that one fuck da, 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 da. fuck is it Ramones? It is for you, the Ramones, that's it, yeah. Da, 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 da. I can't remember that. Um, but, uh, I was writing all the bands. Writing all the band names yeah. and then connecting them all and the yeah. genre stuff. And I remember like pausing it there and then going, okay, I haven't listened to that band. I need to listen that to is... them. Need to listen to them. Need to listen to them. Never heard of them. That is so that good. That is the most romantic start to a musical career I've <laughs> ever heard. I started flute because I was talking to the flute band. Because I had to to get me off the streets uh-huh. because it was the dated. Main, the, the main streets, street, <laughs> the main streets, Sunnyford. Sunnyford. But you have a that's a beautiful start. Watch it's gonna rock, and then pause it, and listen to all the bands, yeah. and then the the that we seen after the credits when they're all when they're kind of like jamming. Oh yeah, the, the solos and stuff. is it the uh, Dr. Murphy's? Is it the no, uh, it's ACDC. ACDC. Yeah. Uh, long way to the top. You want to rock and yeah, roll? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah. So it's slightly different. You were in the bands and I was well, in the yeah. rock bands. Yeah. We'll talk about the, the Protestant <laughs> background later, but we'll get on to that. We've got a really great title for the episode as well. No, we're not called that. that. <laughs> but yeah, so that was, uh, so that's when I, cause I, I did piano lessons just before that, but and it was okay, but never really. I actually remember my last piano lesson that I had. Yeah. Because I really hated them. And it was on a Monday after school. And oh. so the Sunday doom, yeah. For for going back to school the next day and then going straight to piano lessons. Yeah. That was that was tough. And I remember the last I'd cracked, had enough, had enough of the scales. And uh, so my mom picked me up after school, drove me to the piano teacher and she was a lovely lady, you know, poor lady, and I sat outside the her house and I just started crying and refused to get out of the car. <laughs> and my mom was like, Get out of the car. And then Get up, teacher, uh, she, paid for it. Oh yeah, I know. Cool. And she came out and tried to coax me out. I was like, no, we won't have to do the scales today. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not, not <laughs> crying my eyes out. And that was the end of that. Well, was that? Yeah. So piano was actually the first instrument. That they and had. who would have thought you'd be a full time musician, though? I know. Well, yeah, look at that. I should actually maybe get you know, maybe see her again. I can tell her. She's but you have, you've made money off playing piano as well. You're technically a professional pianist. Oh, and some professional pianist. But yeah, <laughs> well, you know, made money often. Isn't that the definition, isn't it? If you make money often, you've played keys on quite a few tracks. Yeah, well, uh, played in a few groups over over the years, and yeah, sometimes sometimes I'm on keys, which that's a good little bit. Not my strongest, but I can I can survive. Oh, you can I? Well, that's a good wee segue there. This podcast taking a very natural direction, but a good wee segue. High school. What about your your musical background in high school? So then, whenever after school rock, it was all just. <laughs> so it was just guitar, started bands, uh, playing in bands during during. Second what was the first band do you remember that you played in? Postbox Theory. I was going to ask about that. I don't know if I was going to mention to that this, uh, on this podcast. <laughs> is genuinely before I do mention it, is is it all the streaming services? Oh no, that was MySpace. 
Is it all MySpace still? Is right? No, sir. MySpace is gone. Is it entirely gone? Yeah, like the back catalog and all. You can't. I don't think you can. So those records are gone. I've got still got CD. Uh, Mr. Faulkner from the CD as well. I know. My high school musical teacher. You found it. High school musical. High school musical teacher. We didn't get high school musical lessons. Yeah, but that was. But I was talking to someone about that recently, and that was such a formative experience for because we were all that was 14, 15, 16 maybe those yeah. years of that band. Yeah. And we were out gigging nearly most weekends. That is incredible. Claudio, shout out to Claudio Manso, his ma would be driving us around to play with yeah. our ma, Yuri. <laughs> Derry, wherever we could get a gig. No um, shit on our man, Yuri, but yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, and, you know, we're going to these bars and we're underage, you know. Were um, you allowed to play at the bar even if you're underage? It was always like, that was always a risk, you know. Yeah. We, we booked the gig the and I didn't ask. And then it's like, most of the time it was grand. Like, but I don't think we had it. Yeah, so just for a quick bit of context, because some people, believe it or not, might not be familiar with the Postbox Theory. Okay. The group. Uh, it was a group that Zach had started in school. I wasn't invited to play, but whatever. I was too busy playing food internationally, uh, whatever. But uh, it was a rock group. Is yeah. what kind of it, indie rock's not quite fair. Heavy rock, sort of quite rock, alternative, sort of yeah. Like um, loved at that time. Loved like the early albums of like Biffy Clyro and stuff. Yeah. So it was kind of ripping off as much all the stuff that we liked. Yeah. We were just ripping. Just off. do it again. Yeah. So I was guitar. There was four of us. There was I was guitar and singing. Claudio was guitar and singing. Did bass and drums. Who was on bass? Was Dave on bass? Dave was, yeah. yeah. Okay, and then obviously the Postbox Theory went their different directions. We saw that way that, yeah, it's well, uh, well documented. Yeah, so it was. Up. You were like the Jerry Hallowell, the group. <laughs> you went solo. So what was next? What happened after so that? So next, after... No, I just, just just going back to... Just quickly going back to... Pl- playing those gigs. Uh, I was just thinking about how formative those years of playing shit gigs yeah playing gigs where there's absolutely nobody there yeah and you just have to and blast through it 15 16 years old yeah and the sort of the foundation that that led for pretty much all the gigs I've done since that is that that's true that's a really that good point from, yeah like hauling gear around and setting up and playing for two people going yeah every weekend I suppose a lesson in there's nobody there just play just keep playing yeah just keep playing and if that's very true actually yeah and if a gig goes terribly and you're you just shy and nobody likes you it's not you'll survive it's not the end of yeah. the world yeah actually Joe I just had the first girl I had on Acing Agnew she grew up playing a flute band as well and she was telling the story of how like when she was a kid her teacher Billy the Woody at the time would have been very much so like the minute you had a piece ready to go you'd be like right come on into the bar and you always taught at the Ivy Bar down in Belfast. I used to like, come on into the bar and play a few tunes for everybody. Yeah. And you just got used to playing for people. Yeah. And like when I played in flute bands, as soon as you got anything remotely playable, it was like, right, go on and play for someone. The way you go, just go mm-hmm. to the living room, no piano or that shit, just get in and play a tune. Yeah. And to be fair, it was, I, I still rely on that now. Yeah. Just that comfort of knowing I've done gigs. I don't, like mm-hmm. playing in someone's living room is still a gig. Yeah. And I've done them a load of times and it gives you that experience. Absolutely. So, yeah, so um, I still think about those experiences. Because you, you never get away, no matter how far on you get or how good you feel you're you're becoming or whatever, you'll still always have shite gigs. Yeah, you will. And, yeah. Um, what was the last so shite gig you had? I don't know if I can say. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, can't say who you did. What Why was it shite? Oh, hold on. There's definitely something. Audience members or no one there or it's not giving a shite. Remember doing one? Uh, not say. For who you're aware no, of, yeah. when it was. Last thing I need is another law <laughs> case in this fucking podcast. But, uh, so we were doing um, doing a gig, and you know, so this was current band true. So which we'll get on to, yeah. So folk trad stuff, quiet enough at times. Sometimes yeah. it's just acapella, you know. It's it is, yeah. Um, and then just uh, playing this venue was a big long, like a long haul. But then everybody at the back, it was like free into the gig, so there was loads of people there. Okay. But nobody Give was listening. Fun. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. the 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 chat oh. was louder than the actual music. Oh. And uh, and then so we're like, okay, this is one of the ones where you just get the head down, play yeah. and get out. Yeah. And then to make matters worse, halfway through a song, the DJ starts from the no way underneath. 
you know, the, the floor below. What's he playing? Can you remember? <sighs> I think it was pretty good nice. I was so, just about to suggest it's like that. Saturday Swear night. to God, I was just about to suggest yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's pretty good nice. And uh, so just <laughs> playing away, trying to get into it, and just you getting chat. You know, you know when a room full of hundred people chatting. In a oh, offer, that's that volume. But then ultra big coming from underneath. Ultra big from underneath. So. <laughs> So, Even yeah. I wouldn't try to compete with Ultra Beat, you just go to one lads going downstairs. So Fuck you it. just get the songs done, you get and you move on and That's not too bad, that's not a proper horror story to be fair. Yeah, definitely had some uh, We had some rough gigs if, as if well. It's, if, if, if more come back to me. Yeah, no, we'll tell the story later about the one. Do you remember the one we did at my student union in Cardiff? <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. We'll get into Actually, that. We'll get uh, that. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. So yeah. So but, obviously you were playing in bands. You were going yes. through high school. We weren't playing together at that point. I don't think we ever did. we sang together in the choir and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Because in school we were in the choir together. But whenever did I? I can't remember the first time we actually played together. Must have been because we were living with each other in Cardiff. Yeah. In Cardiff. And must have been Cardiff. We started yeah. a trad band together. Yeah. In Ruin, that was maybe the first time we were playing together. It properly. must be then, yeah. Gigging together. So yeah, you moved over to go to Cardiff University and study uh, music. And I went to the Royal Welsh College of Music to study performing music. And we lived together. Yeah, so there God rest it. Like the two Harriet Street. It's not, uh, yeah, I hope that flat, I hope that house is burned to the ground. It needs, someone should have came in there with a bottle of disinfectant <laughs> in a match. That's all that place needed. It was horrible. <laughs> we had that, yeah, but it was There's great no crack. Saving, no <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I was actually gigging in Cardiff few months ago and there was a few ghosts <laughs> there there was a few ghosts by that same for you I'm sure people if you've studied in the city and uh, you know I love as Cardiff, a, to be fair, I loved it I as a student fun. oh yeah part, you know you know your student days the best times and your worst times yeah and so going back to that place when you were you know you were a totally different person and then walking the streets and like seeing yeah, so yeah, oh no, I know very well, yeah. But yeah so we, we started were, the, yeah, we started Feet of uh, what, I was second year, you were first year, because you took a year out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we started Feet of uh, it was like a, it was a trad trio, so it was yourself on guitar, me on flute and whistles, mm-hmm. and then we had Sword Shift for the first year on fiddle. Yeah. Do you remember our first gig? I do. It's on the internet still. No, tell me. I put it on private YouTube. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll take it off though. If anyone wants to see it, you can just ask for the link. But we're so scumbag at seeing that. It was in the Cardiff University School of Music. It was actually like a lunchtime concert. Oh yeah, it was so actually it was, quite good. That was the thing because it was a uh, yeah. I remember that lunchtime recital. So it was mostly so the performance in Cardiff yeah. University of Music. It was mostly classical based. So it was all like yeah, classical music, classical singers. And we yeah. went on three pieces and we blasted. Set. Oh. Drowsy Maggie, I remember. Uh, do you know what it was actually? What's thinking about this now is a set is quite adventurous. It was the Cash jig, the Butterfly Slip jig, and oh, then yeah. into Drowsy Maggie, which is a reel. Oh, yeah. And nice. that's quite a mixture like uh-huh. jig, slip jig, reel, blasted together. Yeah. And we did it for memory as well. We, oh, we did it properly. Well, I think people like that because it was totally. I've got the video of that. It actually isn't that bad. I've got other videos of us playing that are that bad. I mean, I'm not putting them on the internet, but. <laughs> That one was good, but that was also we we uh, we wore the you know, the red yeah, things right there. And then, well, what does Fenerua mean for the people that don't speak Irish here? Well, the Fenerua is, is me as a type of it's a deer. It's a fena plural. Yeah, a deer, and it's, yeah, it's just a and rua means red for yeah. In certain, it's, yeah. it's like a red red deer. But it just it's type of, yeah, it's type of, and it sounded. Sound cool, so we put yeah. a red, a red bat. Yeah, put a red band. band people it. thought we were making a political statement. <laughs> yeah, I think because people thought we were either communist or in the IRA. More <laughs> sure, but like, uh, yes, yeah, so we wore like a red armband for every single gig. Well, like, I say every gig, we did it twice, and then we thought because we did it, it was in public. Like, like, yeah, lose the yeah. <laughs> My mum wrote in going, "Is that the IRA?" I think, oh no, it's because we're red deers. And it sounds like TV. Mum, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> we're red deers. You don't. You don't. It's just. It's not a phase. <laughs> so we, yeah, we wore them. We dropped in quickly, but that first gig was great. And then we started doing like, yeah, the pubs and clubs around Cardiff, playing gigs clubs. quite a lot, doing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Irish music everywhere. Well, a couple of banging gigs. Yeah, I, one sticks out to me is that Paddy's Day where we did three gigs in one day. Well, first I of will all, never forget that. First of all, not, we didn't just do three gigs in one day. We found a Boron player who was playing in the street to that day. Stephen. Yeah. 
Well, he, uh, so he found a Boran player, and then he joined the band from yeah. and played, <laughs> played all the three day. Yeah. On the day. Yeah, because I think we busked in the morning in the city, and, and then we walked past. Well. He was busking too. We're like, hey, do you want to be in our band? And he's like, yeah. He's like, no, do you want to be in it now? We're doing three gigs. I'll <laughs> yeah, give game. you forty quid. But come on, jump in. So he, he was great. <laughs> yeah, he was really good. But yeah, Bass and Paddy's day was mad. I think we got like I remember getting for the first gig we played No Needles. I think we got about three, four hundred quid for that gig. And at that time, I was like, four hundred quid between four people? I'm minted by. This is it. <laughs> and then we did, yeah, the O'Neill's. We did. Did we do second. Vulcan or something like that? Was that what it was? The, the Closer. Yeah. The, cl- the Closer was. The Irish Society. No, that was. It wasn't the Vulcan, it was the other one. No, it was the Vulcan. It was the Vulcan. It was. But uh, yeah, it was for the Irish Society. Do you remember that gig? Was that the last one of the night? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. So Paddy's Day, three gigs in, full of drink. Yeah, we were. Yeah, just going all day. So obviously, yeah, for the Americans, what what do the Americans call it? Paddy's Day with two T's, don't they? Could you say that again? Patty. <laughs> yeah, St. Paddy's Day. St. Patrick's Day is the seventeenth of March. So obviously, when you're Irish and you're living abroad and you've got an Irish band, you're booked up for the whole day. Mm-hmm. So we did three gigs, busking, but we're having a few drinks because I think the deal with most pubs was it would pay us like fuck all really they pay us nothing but Bounce. they would throw in a couple of free drinks for it you know a couple of free shots and then people are buying the band a couple of shots it was a Saturday that year as well yes. um, it, was all, it was all hectic so the last gig of the day was the Irish Society at Reeds of the University which mm-hmm. I, don't, I still don't really know what that is I think it's just a bunch of Irish people meeting up and getting drunk yeah. that's not a society that's just Ireland yeah. but so anyway we went up for them I remember the deal was they give us some money but they give us food as well and because we had arrived like half an hour late food was gone Broke my heart. You remember we got there, there was oh, no one yeah, the buffet yeah, left. Yeah. And I remember we were so drunk getting on stage. But they were like, you have to go on now. Yeah, they were like, get on, get on. I was like, we haven't eaten yet. And you promised us food, they would give us food. So we got up on stage. I remember during one of the songs, I think it might have been Wild Rover or something. I was so drunk and I just ordered a plate of chips to the stage and I was eating them during the set. And I then remember all point, just, they were like set out beside us. We were like, you know, <laughs> if you had a break in your instrument during a song, yeah, you just go over to the chips chip. on and stage eating chips. Because the audience were obviously so into it because it was Patrick's Day, Pat, Patrick's Day, Paddy's Day, and they were all Irish, so they were all singing along to the songs. Like you felt like a rock band at the time. And I remember at some point just stopping playing and taking my phone out and taking a selfie video of me, like it was Liam Gallagher at Wembley. Yeah, just, yeah, man, check this is as good as it gets. Me and four other lads <laughs> singing the Wild Rover in a pub. And I was like, this is it. I've made it. it was yeah, that was one of our. That was a good day. But we did get quite experimental with the music. I remember we did that gig at uh, Buffalo. Is that what you call the bar? And the first set we did was the Glen Road to Carrick set. Do you remember that? Oh, that was a good one. And we did like this warm-up thing. We sort of improvised and we like it built up oh, and yeah. it got better. And then you went, one, two, three. And then we and blasted it. Yeah, it was great. I'd forgotten all this stuff. But yeah, it's that was good. That was, by the end of our... Because actually my first... Both of our first sort of foray into playing trad. Yeah, my too. Yeah, because I, I had although I started in rock, I started getting into like folk songs and, um, and traditional songs. And sort of yeah. tail end of school and in university, and then really getting into that. But never, I was I never played any. Yeah. Well, played played guitar like, but I, I never played tunes or anything like that. Yeah. So it was our first time. Your yeah, big time. Yeah, I've talked about a little bit in this podcast about like the the fruit band tradition and with that the politics that come with it. But obviously coming around, but well, both of us are from pretty Protestant backgrounds here, so trad music was not something we ever grew up with. Like you wouldn't have learned about it in school. No. You weren't exposed to the Irish language or anything. It was all kind of kept hidden from mm-hmm. us. So Except we got Dave away. To... Was my first. Ah, oh, yeah, I had a music in school. Yeah, yeah, he was great. He was Irish. Yeah, he was like Southern Irish. But yeah, I never got to play trap until that point. And now I do it so often. It's such a big part of my life now, I play trap music. But yeah, that was the first time getting into it. I suppose then you went on to do a lot more with it. Mm-hmm. When did True start up? True, so that's when uni finished and a few years after that. So I met, so I was playing, so 2017, I think was the year that we started. Oh, first started okay. working on, first started getting together and recording stuff. And how that came about was, as I was singing in a group in Dublin, after I left uni, we were touring quite a lot, and I met Donal, who's in, who's in True, and uh, we, just when we were on tour, we'd, we just had this interest in like, doing our own arrangements of yeah. folk songs and singing together, and obviously we were singing in, in choir, so we were singing in harmony, harmony was a big thing, 
and then so, I yeah, sorry to interrupt because you just uh, tell everyone what True is quickly give a quick summary of what they are that's a group so sorry yeah True is a trio um, it's myself Donal and Michael and we play a mixture of arrangements of folk and trad tunes and or and original songs yeah so it's kind of the instrumentation is I play guitar electric or acoustic um, Donal is singing lead most of the time and playing flutes and whistles and Michael is um, on percussion and singing yeah. so it's big um, the harmony is yeah. the three part harmony is, is the big thing and uh, so that's how I met Donald yeah. and then so how, how I met Mike is playing you know so being from Lisburn and playing rock playing rock bands all the time yeah he was actually my neighbour well he moved that's I knew actually my guitar teacher for a while which is weird was he really yeah he taught me like one or two lessons and he was like let's stop that's weird yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh so then he actually moved just across the road from me and then he started asking me to do jump in on guitar with yeah with on his stuff mojo fury as well mojo fury clown parlor i was playing um uh yeah playing with him playing guitar keyboards and just uh so I was doing a lot of those sorts of gigs. It's like, a big yeah. thing at the time as well. Sorry to interrupt, but like the the Moto Fury thing, it really took over for a while. Like that's sort of what I'm talking like 2007 kind of era. Like alternative yep. rock in Belfast was pumping. Uh-huh. Well, there was such a scene here. Yeah, Mike was on the board. Mike was doing everything as well. Yeah. Like it was yeah. So Moto Fury were a band. Were they all from Lisburn? Uh, not all from Lisburn. Lisburn Belfast. But they had a real cult following for a wee while. They really maybe were one of the best bands ever to come out of Lisburn. That's fair to say, yeah. yeah. After feeling, but, the, <laughs> but uh, around that time, as you said, just the rock in Belfast and Lisburn was just so pumping, such such high quality, and like bands like Ego, Motor yeah. Fury, Six Star Hotel, just like I saw them from afar. Them, are they Belfast? Uh, they're North Coast, but okay, maybe Belfast based. Um, and then so it started so. So was yeah, just being around them, playing all those gigs. Yeah. With both Postbox Theory and then after that with like with Mike and various yeah. guises and stuff was really So then you wrote Mike in the play with True. Whose idea was that? Did you I assume you yeah. and Donald started first and then you brought Mike in or what yeah, was Yeah, so Donald and I were always kinda of arranging stuff and then um he was Donald had this idea of like, so what if we got a third voice in and somebody maybe doing percussion and then we just really go for the harmony thing yeah. and yeah. And then I was like, because Mike had, I thought about Mike and he'd never really, didn't know what his, well, I knew that he didn't have sort of any sort of background in folk or trad and stuff, but neither had I really. So I thought, why not ask him? And I asked him and he was like, yeah, let's just get together. And Yeah, plus Mike's a fucking outstanding musician. Absolutely. So I thought, well, if anybody can do it, then. Yeah, he definitely can. So we just got together one night and um, mm. talked about listen to some music that we all liked and thought we could sort of the thought could inspire us smoke a few reefers uh, oh yeah <laughs> sorry I'm only joking reefers are a brand of cigarette my grandmother watches us your man will be watching too <laughs> well, but we'll be valid I have a smoking reefers watching them yeah you are through the window and yeah just talking about what songs we could do what yeah so then the idea that's where the idea of true came from so true the, the actual name comes from comes a few places but truer is the Irish word for three yeah. for like trio three, yeah but the true were also this it's also this mythological idea that there um, was this trio in the ancient Ulster who would um, they would kind of be at the, all the big events of the time you know your ceremonies your battles your whatever and you know poet bards you know so re- yeah, regaling yeah. the tales and stuff but they're almost seen but they're said to have uh, their songs stories also came from the future as well yeah so this kind of yeah, strange the idea of the future in folk and trad music is very unique is something that you um, it's always about things being old oh of course yeah yeah but this idea of, of the future was really um inspiring to us in that way so uh, we sort of used that yeah, that was the basis for the group yeah and um, 
yeah it's been that's in terms also, of the main thing yeah so it's spelled a few years it's spelled T-R-U with a an accent the fada uh, yes. or the U um, we've talked about this before have you resolved the issue of getting searched for because it was a really hard thing to get you guys searched on like social media and Spotify and stuff Spotify hated the fada didn't they yeah they were, uh, it's fine now because yeah. you know all that stuff sorts stuff out because you know you're the name grows and yeah so that yeah so uh well i have an experience i think it was at the start yeah but just in case anyone wants to look you guys up which they will obviously uh it's t-r-u with an accent all in caps as well although that makes a difference yeah and <laughs> good luck getting on spotify then see if spotify's fitting no in spotify's pumping these days and so well. we've got uh we just released our second album second album was out what last week two weeks ago. two weeks actually it's actually a month Would seriously yeah yeah fuck are you are a month ago so how are you feeling about the response to the second record yeah great uh, we had so the album came out last month and we had an Irish tour to promote that which that's right yeah. and that ended um, in a Belfast show in the Duncairn and that was great, great that was yeah. one of our best gigs sell out just some of the best yeah best, I think best gig we've probably ever played it was great it felt really good yeah and um, yeah the response that we've been getting from the album is very yeah. good because it it was different in in terms of so our first album was released in 2021 no um featuring certain yeah certain tracks on it it's very good track 10 it's track 10 is certain Lisbon yeah I always forget what track it is but it always reminds me of which one it is I always forget (laughs) but the the track's called track 10 as well isn't it it's a concept (laughs) album here speaking of sorry Elda check me give me a pint thank you um no, I'm dead on uh, Yeah, so... Um, so you have the debut album, that was... Uh, no Fix About 2021. No yeah. Fix yeah. And so the... Yeah, so I think the... The idea for... So we had... So going back, so we had the idea for the band, and then when we started first recording the songs, we both... We all... Not we both... Um, we all started to look into the local songs of from the where we're from. Yeah, but you're saying local, you mean very local at as this in, point. Yeah, as in like Ballandary songs. Yeah, which yeah, how do we describe Ballandary to Americans? Uh, what's the American equivalent of Ballandary? Parish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the so t- the townland of Ballandary. Yeah, so Lisburn is a small town in itself that's outside Belfast, is where we're both from. Ballandary is what do we call it in Ballandary? Well, upper and lower, or or either or. Yeah, there's or two both. parts of Ballandary, yeah, is there? Exactly. And the upper Ballandary is actually the one that geographically is lower, I think, as well as the. Someone told me that once, but that, yeah. Geographically? Yeah, someone told me that. The and then, that like, could be. sea level lower? <laughs> yeah, exactly, okay. yeah. Tell you what, because the measure it. Um, yeah, Ballandary, how many people are talking? A couple of hundred? Well, this, it's just two villages, isn't it? Yeah, so 500 maybe? Something like that. So, but it's more like the, the land around it, yeah. the, the area. But the, when you say, yeah, going local for your songs, that is going local. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going in, like, a radius of, like, a couple of miles. Yeah. Out of the arts of the world, finding songs out there. But you, you, you'd be surprised how many things would be found. Um, and well, tell me through the process on. of, like... So you sit there and you think, right, I want to get a song for Balladary. I'm for Balladary. I want to get a song there. How do you even start the process of finding songs from there? Well, you, one thing is just go on Google and you go, Balladary songs. And that's one way. <laughs> And and that, that won't get you very far. <laughs> but um, so there was a song. There's a song called "Tis Pretty to Be in Ballandary." That's a gorgeous song. Yeah, I think. Um, I've heard you sing it. I think I said, but yeah. Yeah, that Clancy Brothers did that one, so that wasn't too hard to find. Right. And. Uh, but also getting in touch with locals, with local people who would be into their song collecting and things like that. When you say song collected, sorry, just clarify what that means exactly. So basically, just researching and discovering yeah. folk songs from a particular. Thank you very much for the service. Thank you. From a particular area, and then yeah. But when you say collected, like how do they physically collect it? Like do they do they write down the words? Do they write down the chords? It can be. It can just be just singing it and recording it. it can yeah. Be writing it down. It's just. There's so many. I think it, the main idea is to have the knowledge of it and yeah, be able to, to be pass able to produce. Well, for me, as a singer, to um, to be able to sing it, you know, to have it in your memory, to lock it in, because that's a real skill. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, that you'd find these old 
song collectors is that the amount of songs they can hold in their head and produce it's them incredible. and it's a skill that just think about like say your granny who knows all the birthdays of yeah. of all the family yeah. it's that idea that we don't that skill isn't utilised so much these days of having to remember stuff just to give a ballpark figure like roughly song collector how many songs do they hold in their head at one time hundreds like hundreds of songs hundreds yeah yeah I went to see a gig um, the great singer and <coughs> song collector Len Graham um, actually in right here where we are in, in the, the sunflower in the sunflower yeah. oh wow okay and uh, he was doing a talk first first in the, in the black box about his life in song right and he was great because he would go back he went through the start of his winter's life okay and then he would tell you about his life and then he'd stop and go oh and this is when I learned that song and then he would uh, sing okay. that song and then I went here and met this fellow oh, wow. and he taught me this song and that's part of the and performance that, uh, that's good as fuck I like but that the, but him but some songs he, was, he only you know half remembered or something like that you know yeah and so but it's just it's, I suppose it's when the song becomes part of your life thing your life story about where you yeah so so yeah so then that's was the inspiration trying to find these songs around do you remember the the first song that you sort of found that you used well the early true stuff was yeah but just pretty to be in Balanderi yeah that was we haven't actually recorded that yet because I haven't found a writer it's a great song to sing it's great solo solo, yeah Yeah. and we haven't found a right maybe haven't found a right arrangement for the full band but that could be an album three um, yeah keep you know yeah and what about like songs from obviously Mike is from Balderry as well or lived there for a long time what about mm-hmm. Donald what about around his area did you manage to find local songs from is he from North Coast or no he's from Warren Point so he had that's was, right that's right so Nuri so Nuri Morn my yeah. area so it was you know, a wealth of songs there must there. be loads out there yeah yeah so we were um, so sort of all the songs that we find um a lot of them got used uh, and recorded for the first album. So Bonnie Portmore is another voluntary yes, one from yeah. the lock, and that's a beautiful song. And that's from that's from like the sixteen hundreds. Set, and we actually maybe early seventeen hundreds. Um, and these songs are purely passed on through oral tradition. Then mm-hmm. you just pick them up and you hope to survive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that sort of shows the strength of the songs, and that they can. Well, it shows the strength of the tradition in that a song has been remembered successfully yeah. down the line that's incredible yeah for a couple of hundred years few hundred, few hundred years and hasn't been forgotten do you ever um, wonder about the songs that maybe have been forgotten or even just about been forgotten you know something that maybe you're a generation away from getting the whole thing or have you ever came across someone that maybe remembers half a song and you haven't quite been able to piece the whole yeah, thing together yeah mm-hmm. and that's that's part of it you, you're like you're stuck there that's it yeah sometimes you just get a scrap of something or like um, you maybe get a melody and maybe like half a verse or just one verse and you know there's uh, it's only a fragment but there's no real way of but suppose then that's when that comes into you can just create your own you can just which you know, yeah we get the license to do that then yeah well, not the, you don't need the license just like just yourself just finish the song yourself okay because that's we think of traditional going back to this idea of past and future and that you know singing these old songs somebody had to write them true so then yeah. part half of true stuff is original songs that we write so we feel yeah. that's an, an equally important part of tradition as well to sort of learning these old songs but writing new songs and it's it's Sort of like two sides of the yeah. two sides of the coin. And when you go to write new songs, do you try to pick the same kind of subject matter that you're influenced by, or is it kind of free reign? Like when I think of subject matter of Irish music, I'm thinking love, loss, melancholy seems to be a pretty big one in Irish culture. Uh, nature, obviously, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. supernatural to an yeah. extent. Absolutely. Um, would you guys be writing the same kind of themes or do you write about modern life or do you well it's, it's funny that um, yeah so our original songs would, would definitely be inspired by these the themes and the stories that we that we find in yeah. folk 
songs and folk tales and mythology and things like that definitely um, but you'd be, you'd be surprised how you can hear a song from the 1700s and then you're like oh shit that's exactly, you can relate to that's it. exactly how I feel right now yeah or yeah. that's still going on because yeah. Bonnie Portmore is, is about is a song about pretty much deforestation and and sort of destruction of the natural world true yeah and then you know it's still the same do you know one song actually I think my favourite true record or true song has always been apart from track 10 of the first album um, is County Down that's a gorgeous song mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that a popular recorded song or is that something you guys have sort of dug up that's actually not that's what, that, was, that song was written in the 90s really yeah so that's the thing um, that's an interesting one so County Down is a uh, song on our first album there you are and that that was written by um, great Tommy Sands yeah did you get to meet him as well at some point oh yeah we've been friendly with Tommy he's he's great he's been a great supporter of of True and he's been great to us and County Down is actually the first song that True ever recorded together up and down we recorded that but yeah so um, is that the one with the live video as well the video on YouTube there is probably a couple of video a video or two yeah yeah there's a version on YouTube that I absolutely adore but it's not live yeah it's not live sorry it's yeah we did like a music video but that was like yeah. that's like an old version of County Down because we re- okay. re-recorded it for the album I, I know we did yeah because it's on the first record is it yeah I think it's actually might be track 9 or t- 11 I always had them listen to it directly before or after I think no it's not the last one this year yeah, yeah. but, but that goes yeah. to show you that um, but when we play we've probably played that song at every gig we've done and people always say people who maybe aren't familiar always think that's a traditional song yeah I would be convinced until about five minutes ago I thought it was well because I know the lyrics are basically around someone who's leaving Ireland isn't it to go to to London London, I was was guessing yeah and um, but that shows the strength of the song (coughs) and that people just assume it's it's hundreds of years old yeah. yeah and that's just the credit to Tommy Sands who wrote, wrote, just wrote a great song but that's yeah so and we I so think, your song think, right yeah I think in Ireland uh, we all know somebody who well like yourself who's left yeah. Ireland and and that song just means so much to so many people yeah. you know somebody who's not at home this Christmas or is away or is left yeah it breaks my and fucking heart that's all about and it's um, and that relates obviously to Irish history as well the, the amount of innovation yeah I absolutely that, so. fucking adore that song it's always one of my favourites yeah I do but know. yeah it breaks my heart listening to it I'll be very careful that one yeah actually oh what's this placed on the table oh here <laughs> who left that sitting there so this actually is the wee book take a look at the Sorry, can the listeners or the viewers uh, can they uh, can they purchase a copy of this? So this is a wee, this, we actually this? got this just for the last tour. There, this is a no fixed about songbook that we created. So it's all the stories. And it's songs incredible, yeah. Um, and yeah, so it just tells you all the wee and there's sort of our our relationship to the songs, where we got them, and then some other songs as well. So there's Bonnie Portmore talks about and um, Count It Down and uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, we were selling these at the tour, and you actually get these on our band camp as well, if you want. Oh, there you are, yeah. Um, we'll get a chance to plug later oh, as well. Yeah, yeah, I got to yeah. plug this heavy. <laughs> but um, what's yeah, your so, uh, sorry if you don't want to be asking? What's your favourite story that you came across in a song? Is there anything that particularly stands out, or anything particularly unique? Have you ever came across a wee ghost story? Plenty of ghost stories, but uh, there's actually one song at the minute that sticks out because. Um, it's one that uh, it's a song called The Mole Catcher it's okay a mole is it like a wee hardest rat yeah yeah so um, it's an English song but it's about the story is it's one of those real like weird spooky songs where it's uh, well it's not spooky it's just odd in that the story is the mole catcher right yeah. he goes out for his day to uh-huh. do catch moles uh, catch moles and um, as he's away out catching moles, uh-huh. a fella comes around to see his wife. Oh, wow. So his wife's okay. having an affair. But the mole catcher knows. So he, one day he waits. 
waits in the in the shed outside. He pretends he's way off, but he waits in the in the shed. And your man comes in, and he pla- and he he places um, a mole trap for him. Uh huh. And it ends up he ends up uh, the lyric is uh, well he traps him by sensitive part of his body oh I get it as he does like, and the guy around his ankles, and he demands it? he demands money for it and, <laughs> and the guy's like uh, no bother I'll pay I'll pay the I'll pay the money because it's worth it yeah, I'll pay the invoice yeah. <laughs> I'll pay him because it's worth it and uh, how does it end we're all here we're all waiting we're all yeah uh, you'll have to just go and look up I'll have to look up a song yeah. <laughs> talk about his but it's not a, not a very happy ending that, but you just find wee songs like that that uh, I love that kind of stuff man that's so good yeah and um, there is yeah great on the first album there's a song called Aragolga uh-huh. Balyakliadu which is On My Way to Dublin and um, it concerns man's so he's got a sick wife uh-huh. and so in those days this is 1700s and he's walking he's, this is the Moor Mountains and he's walking to Dublin for medicine. Yeah. That's a that's a fair walk. It's a brave, brave walk. So he's walking along, and then who does he spy? But a fair maiden. Oh, I oh, I <laughs> see the road, them, yeah. Like, who are you? What are you doing? Where are you going? And he's like, uh, <laughs> get out of my way. I'm on the way to Dublin. The wife's sick, and uh, need to get the medicine for her. Blah blah blah. And she's like, sure, forget about her. She's dead. Betcha. Just see these woods here. Come in here, and we'll have. I'll show you a good time. Oh, aye. And he's like, no, I love my wife. Blah blah blah. Um, I can't do that to her. And uh, and then in in that instant, because he revealed his true love, um, she appears. His wife appears uh-huh. in in front of him. And, he re- and it, it works out that the, his sick wife in bed was a changeling. He was just like a sick fairy. He's come to the earthly oh, realm I've heard about die. these changelings as well, yeah. To die. And that... Uh, so he's like, oh, happy day. So, uh, Here, pass that test. Can <laughs> yeah. I on that one, yeah? Yeah, so just all these... What would you like would have happened if he didn't? Death. Yeah, she would have got me out bad cheek. Death by, the death by fairy. Well, here on fairies, well, I was talking about this recently because I had a friend, Jakob, over in Ireland here. He was asking about ghost stories, and then we were talking about fairies, and we were saying, like, fairies, like, obviously, in popular culture and American culture, fairies are wonderful wee things that look after things. Like Cinderella, we think of fairies, and we think Tinkerbell. of. Tinkerbell. Yeah, Tinkerbell's a fairy, but in Ireland, different based over here. Yeah. I once heard a story, I don't know if this is true now, but I heard down on the West Coast that this is, it was a rumor that existed well into the, the 1980s was if you had a child born with like a physical deformity of some kind the theory was that the fairies had stolen your real child and made a copy of it mm-hmm. and sent the copy back and that your child was a pretty being copy and that's why it had a physical abnormality and, that, and then that's why where the phrase comes from away with the fairies no way yeah, yeah. seriously because yeah. that means you're a bit yeah, it's a phrase in Ireland, yeah, that you say if someone's away with the fairies. Yeah, I remember a friend coming over once said, because we'd heard that my grandmother had said that phrase about someone. She loved saying that phrase. My grandmother said, oh, he's been away with the fairies. Mm-hmm. And the image I had at the time, my friend would say the same thing. It's like, it's a very lovely image that the fairies have taken him away and they've accompanied him off the, no. Oh, fuck off. Different, a different sort of thing. But yeah, oh. uh, that's the... So what's the what's the kind of themes that you've got on the new album of your original stuff? Original stuff, um, well, we kind of, in terms of the sound of it, we branched into more like <clears throat> the Americana influence we hadn't really done on the first album. So uh-huh. like Crosby, Stills and Nash influence and all that sort of stuff. And so we kind of were looking into American sort of okay. Appalachian folk music as well. So for, um, obviously there's, you know the Appalachian music, that sort of area of United States of America was was. You know a lot of Scottish, Irish, English people yeah. Yeah. going over and bringing their songs with them, and then sort of playing their songs with 
new instruments like um, the banjo came from you know the African Americans and then that the combination of those things and then like half remembering songs from the old country yeah, and yeah. playing them Are you love the mishmash of the two yeah and uh, so there's an amazing sort of world of music in it from that part of the world so you've tapped into that a bit oh yeah in like, terms of the sound or in terms of the actual themes of like your the songs? story like the themes stories like there's a song called the ballad of Billy Jones yeah and that Billy Jones Bill Jones is a character that crops up in um while Bill Jones is a song in that sort of world crops up and yeah we just borrow characters mm. and what does Bill Jones do or what's his crack well it's like this it's just a name really but it comes with it it comes these there's all the you know in these folk songs and tales there's with a name or with a character comes all these sort of you know, like there's a history to that character. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that those uh, so Bill Jones, so Wild Bill Jones in in that song, um, is he's a bad boy, oh, but wow. we sort of give him we uh, we sort of more so just took the name and sort of um, the ballad of Billy Jones we wrote was like a unrequited love. Okay. Sort of song. Okay. But um, yeah, so the. Ri- the original songs we tapped into some Greek mythology as well for Ooh, a song okay. Aphrodite because um, the you know obviously in Ireland we have a, such a rich yeah tradition yeah. of mythology and such a strong but the Greek stuff as well it it's mental blow yeah. your mind yeah. I've been reading those bit over the last few years so was that your influence you reckon um, no we're all all interested in yeah. it okay. um, but that song Aphrodite that I'm talking about Donal came to, came brought that song to the band um, one that he started writing and then we finished so we just sort of we like to kind of um, borrow influences for where, oh, yeah. but it, wherever it feels like uh, related and relevant yeah. to us we yeah. you know we just work away on a quick note on Donal as well um, I remember I joined you guys for your tour a couple of years ago do you remember I joined you as a Leon Oh yeah, you remember what was that tour for? Was it for the first record, or was it just a general kind of tour? It was, that was just a one-off thing. We were playing, we were playing some gigs in the, in Leon for some reason. We were playing the Leon GAA. Oh, do you play the GAA? Are oh, you dead? That's right. Yeah, you Leon GAA, right? like end of year yeah. do thing. That's right. Yeah. Because um, I joined us at the the guitar makers gig. Yes, and then we did this lovely gig in a Luthiers. Um, but yes, yeah, speaking of Donald, I just want to say that like. I think Donald has the most gorgeous voice I've ever heard in my life. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But you good. see when you see it live, people melt oh, the audience yeah, yeah. of Donald's voice. Absolutely mm-hmm. melt. So the biggest the biggest thing I could say about True is going listen purely for obviously he's acts great on it. But Donald's voice is something else. Oh, yeah. It is something yeah. else. Can we tell the story about what happened to the Leon that night? What happened? <laughs> Down by the river. <laughs> can I tell that story a little bit yeah you go first like, you guys I, look fine on it you guys don't come out of it badly okay you go first <laughs> it's my favourite I, I, I honestly totally forgot about this story <laughs> until I was just talking to you and I had a flashback moment of it so Tree were doing wow. this tour it was a great tour and obviously they had a great gig it was a very intimate gig in a guitar maker's down in Leon brilliant gig um, I think I played the first half and then the second half oh, you guys said like more I can't remember improv some stuff cool yeah, it was like a more like an open session kind of thing for the oh, first half. Yeah, I think yeah. uh, something like that. And then the second half, you guys did a couple of your tracks. We obviously, you'll be in a French gig, get a couple of glasses of wine and all that kind of stuff with it. And we were staying the night in Leon in some Airbnb, I think somewhere. Or, oh yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, we had a couple of glasses of wine. It was the end of your tour. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, we'll go out and celebrate a wee bit. And we we're trying to shift. You guys were trying to shift like the last few CDs stuff you uh, had yeah. from the tour. Because obviously, you have all your tour CDs with you. Yeah, your last date, them. you want to bring them home. So you just shift them off buy them for a couple of euro and we were down in a park at one point we're singing you guys were singing for them live so it got like so I want to hear a song they yeah, sing live and, and, the yeah, yeah. and people buy a CD it was great it actually worked a treat mm-hmm. but there was one point in the gym this by the river too. yeah went down to the river I have never laughed this much in my life went down the river and obviously I had a few drinks at this point and some fellow was walking down the river like a Tuesday night or something and by two in the morning these three lads start singing for him they go oh we're selling an album he's like uh, you can pull by he's like no 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 we're selling an album we sell album we sing for you okay and he goes, yeah 
So they sang a beautiful song. It was not about the river in Leon. It was gorgeous. It was still water. The moonlight was just mm. hitting off it. It was so. It was gorgeous. It was so poetic. And they finished with the last chord and they tailed it off beautifully. And the guy stood there stunned. I think it's the right word. He was holding a wee plastic bag with his groceries in it. Wee old fella. He's got stunned. And he sat in silence. <laughs> he just looked at them and went, Six? <laughs> and they went, What's well, that? You went, Six? <laughs> you got what do you mean? You're like, you want sex? <laughs> I go, no, 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 no. And then we don't want sex. Do you want album? <laughs> and he's got no sex. And you go, no, no, album. We sell album. Do you go, no, no, no. I don't want album. I want sex. <laughs> but the moment, and I never laughed as hard if you guys finished in the beautiful chorus. Six. <laughs> yeah, because we we didn't realize that we had sort of wandered into a popular cruising spot. Yeah, it was. Um, it was yeah. Selling our album, so well, that's what you get. But he was. You're the only one selling music, no thank you, sir. And then he was, he was like, no problem, and away he went. Oh, it was so funny. It was so funny. And then after that, we ended up in a, in a skip or something. Yeah, I think Mike ended up in a skip because some bookshop show was throwing out a lot of books into a skip, so we dived in <sighs> trying to find. Tell you what, this takes the glamour away of the band, doesn't it? We tell stories <laughs> like this. Things aren't as glamorous anymore. Um, but yeah, well, I think we've got through a lot there. We've been talking for fifty-one fucking minutes, man. That is that is wild. Um, obviously, this is not really much of a food episode which I'll say in the intro when I get on to afterwards, but it's an Irish music episode, which I really enjoy, and yeah, we might branch into that in the future a little bit more, but to talk about the flute, if you want to make a flute connection, yeah, the first album, No Fixed Abode, is on Spotify, it's on streaming services, it's everywhere. Track 10, whatever it is, features me. Girls are girly. It's not what it is yet. I could never remember what's called. <laughs> um, the second album, Eternity Year, Near Eternity, I always forget Eternity Near. Eternity Near, yeah. I've had three pints. I always forget. I've got it written down somewhere. I fucking listen to it. Anyway, <laughs> it's just out. It's on all your streaming services. Bandcamp as well. Absolutely. Buy it on Bandcamp. Get a wee songbook as well. And if you go to buy it on Bandcamp, you would recommend on a Friday as well. Isn't that when the artists get 100% of the. Once, one Friday per month they do that. Ah, okay. So, okay. no, I just want yeah. good. Well worth a listen. Uh, I will stick a version of something in. I'll throw something at the end here to let people listen to you. Have you got a track in particular you'd like to recommend to anyone or you'd like me to stick in? Well, what we've been talking about, why not track 10 on No Fixed Abode, Gilly Shigouli, yeah. hear the man himself. Yeah, right, we'll put that in then. Um, anything else we need to talk about or are we done? We're going for a few more points here. Well, anything on your list there? Oh, I've done. got three. Well, yeah. Fourth point, we won't leave that out. <laughs> Fifth point, we won't leave that out. Right, that'll um, be for the Patreon only. Just see local stories. Um, we're just looking, thinking about The Digger. Oh, for all the, the Lisburn heads oh I have to get back into that man I was on that last night yeah. yeah so the digger from what I understand it's a pseudonym for a guy that wrote for the the write for the star for a while as well I don't know what he wrote for but it's his own blog and it's just brilliant stories from around Lisburn yeah and there's good few ghost stories that one yeah, absolutely great ghost stories great just sort of local stories but um, he also has an article on this great singer and song collector from Ballandry Robert Cinnamon and he was mm-hmm. live. He was born mid eighteen hundreds. Died maybe nineteen. Can't remember nineteen. Yeah, thirties, forties, fifties, maybe. And um, he was such a renowned and respected folk singer of his time and of that area. He uh, so I, we've sort of you know he's been an inspiration for a few of our songs. But he was they they got like the BBC and RT at the time. Um, came down you know came around to record him uh, in his home you know he was he was that sort of revered and I think more Ballandary people should know about Robert Cinnamon he actually has an album on Spotify called there you are you rambling boys of pleasure wow but he's singing as a, like he's an old fella at this stage and it's um, all unaccompanied stuff or yep just him singing in his just in his, blasting just away just blasting the tunes out in his wow his Robert Cinnamon Cinnamon but yeah. there is an article on the digger called um the Ballandary Balladeer or something like that and uh, so, so that's yeah I can't remember which one of us struggled I stumbled across the digger first I remember we talked about it I found it down a really deep Lisburn internet hole one day uh-huh. and he's got a wealth of ghost stories about Lisburn do you know who he is? no no idea so I think he I think he might be dead touch wood mm-hmm. um, not that hope, he's dead <laughs> said, hope, hope he's not if you're out uh, there, the digger getting <laughs> yeah, he's watching this podcast, waiting for us to call him out. He actually wrote a great story as well, because he, he used to branch outside Lisbon as well, but he wrote the story about the woman that was buried twice. Did you ever read that one? I know the story, but I don't haven't read his. He wrote he did think about yeah, so the where, story. Where was that? 
I think it was actually near Lurgan direction. Uh-huh. It was more out that way. Someone from Lurgan was telling me, actually that was only a couple weeks ago, she was, she mentioned the one who's buried twice. And I was like, I can't remember her name. So yeah, they buried her, but she wasn't actually dead yet, and was she, it? And then she got out of the grave. Uh-huh. How'd she get out? I can't remember reading about this, but I remember she got out of the grave and went back to her family home and knocked the door and her husband was so shocked that I think he died of a heart attack uh, as well and then she outlived him and then, then they just chucked him in her yeah chucked him in the grave yeah <laughs> and then she died again obviously because you do and that time she did die properly yeah, she got very close that was a very poor tale of that story but there is a very check out the digger yeah the digger's great I don't even know if you can find the digger can you google him I I, I was on the digger last night yeah there you are at 5 in the morning there you are there you are <laughs> you that. yeah that's why we're so tired today um yeah, think, anything else we have to talk about? No, we've plugged no, through quite a lot. We've yeah, no check digger. out True, check, you, know, you know the main man himself. Uh, check out the Yeah, digger. Zach, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, we're in the sunflower here, so I've got another one to record. I'm going to go for a glass of water. So I'm going to take it myself. Thank you very much, guys, and we'll talk soon. Gulisha, Oh, 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 oh,